I'm David S. Dawson from the Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Put another log in the fireplace, grab some popcorn, and welcome to episode 166 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we talk about USB microphones. USB? No, USP. <laughs> in this week's Better Podcasting Download, we reflect on someone else's podcast self-reflection. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we talk about all the latest out of our Discord server, including an amazing deal somebody told us about. Lauren, start it off now. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 166 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and of course, with me today, I have the wonderful Stargate Pioneer. I am huddled up next to the fireplace, next to my mixer and my computer and my uh, digital process, just trying to keep warm. And it's not that difficult within a podcast studios with all the lights and stuff. It's actually quite toasty in here. So we're doing good, folks. <laughs> if you've not checked out this show before, we like to talk about podcasting, but from the hobbyist spin. But what we like to do is start us off with a segment that we call How I Saved My Podcast. Now, this is something that we encourage you to tell us a story about something that went wrong with your podcast and how you fixed it. The intention of, it, of this is that we can all learn together. We want to share. Everybody can admit when something went wrong, admit when they were awesome, and everyone can just help each other out, just get those creative juices flowing. And so we do indeed today have a How I Save My Podcast story. In fact, this one comes from our latest hangout, which is our discord server over at betterpodcasting.com slash discord that's right this is a new place that you can submit a how i save my podcast story to us and if you're in the discord you get to see when that happens so sp go ahead and kick it off with today's how i save my podcast story this how i save my podcast story becomes to us courtesy of matt with one t by the way m-a-t matt and matt said i have a podcast save story, but well, I'll, I'll take that, but it's not how I save my podcast story, but he said podcast save story. Okay. I've done live versions of my podcast at a few different cons at the most recent one. They taped it with a three camera crew. I don't have a dedicated audio producer or recorder, but I use my iPhone to record the audio from our table. After the panel, I accidentally deleted my audio file. Ugh. Fortunately, I had already reached out to one of the camera guys to get the footage of my live podcast. When I received the YouTube link, I ripped the audio out of that so I could release it as a podcast. 
It's a rarely a bad thing to make friends. That was the response from Mark D, by the way. So yes, there was this whole conversation in the Discord server about that. And it's always great to have a backup. And if by chance somebody else happens to be recording your show and you have lost all your audio, you might as well reach out because what else are you going to do? You're going to lose it? I love this because how many times have you and I managed to save things from our video recording? Like we've had that happen. This is like an actual physical event. So thank you very much for sending this in here, Matt. A great story. And it just goes to show you can never have enough backups. It's just uh, just the way that it is. And, you know, would it be the end of the world if you lost it? No. In a situation like this, it's going to hurt a heck of a lot more than a regular, uh, you know, just regular episode that you record yeah because it's a one-time deal you're there you're live you're with the crowd possibly probably I'm, i'm just guessing there and it's not like you can go and recreate it so getting anything back out of that is fine and one thing i've learned from live audio experiences is generally you're not doing too much editing with the live recording so a single track like you would receive from youtube is probably going to do you just fine versus a highly produced in the studio multi-track sort of thing. Yes, multi-track would be better, but hey, you know, you use what you got available to you. And in this case, I'm saying it's probably not too bad because you got crowd noise coming in and out too. And you you don't want to not have that. That's part of the ambiance. So we often talk about in the studio about trying to do these, you know, dynamic cardioid microphones to try to reduce ambient sounds. Well, we have the opposite problem when we do a live a broadcast or recording at a con or somewhere else, you want to mic the crowd, but you don't want it as background or ambient noise. You actually want to mic the crowd. So it's a whole different problem set, one that I have yet to completely solve, but I am looking forward to the day I do. Yes. And if you have a How I Save My Podcast story, please do get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can head on over to betterpodcasting.com or just do what Matt did and let us know in our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash discord we want to see you over there sometimes here on better podcasting we like to surprise you we like to just go and drop a surprise on you and in this case we're going to do it again because if you haven't noticed yet here's another surprise and it's the fact that the digital age is here mind-blowing right i know what a surprise right yeah in 2019 we've got things like smartphones streaming tv on demand we even have electric cars we have cars in space we have wireless internet we have various other smart devices and sp even has those wonderful listening devices that he's placed in your home so at first glance, when you wait look, a minute, time out, okay. I have not placed everybody with a smartphone has placed listening devices in their own home. And since we're trying to keep this content timeless, so to speak, I'm not going to particularly point to the exact problem. But yes, if you have a smartphone, you have placed a listening device on your own in your own home. So if at first glance you look at a podcast setup, you might look at things like XLR cables, analog mixers, and think, wow, the digital age really hasn't caught up with podcast equipment yet. But here's the thing. It has. Because podcast recording itself has definitely not been excluded from this evolution. Because we have things like laptops 
that are capable enough to do very, very powerful audio plugins and different processing that years ago you would have had to have a very expensive machine for. You have, of course, real-time streaming capability like this show here, which we stream live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern at Geeks.Live. You have digital XLR mixer recorders like the Zoom L12 or the Rodecaster Pro, and you've even got USB on traditional more analog mixers like the Mackies and the Yamahas, all these other traditional mixers, a lot of them have a USB functionality now. You've got things like the Sound Devices Mix Pre 6, and you even have portable mobile production apps like Backpack Studio. And by the way, there has been a bit of an update on that, right? Yeah, thank you, Ed, very much for that, because I encountered a problem with the app, which was really a problem with my sound file, but it was also a problem with the app. And then Ed said, don't worry about it in the next update we will take care of it. And they did. So yay. Thanks, Ed. That's awesome. But still, when we look at all of these different ways that you record and whatnot, the reality is that many of them still have the backbone of an XLR connection into the microphone. So many mainstream podcast microphones do indeed run off of that XLR connection. Again, old tech. So there is, though, another type of microphone that we want to talk about today, and that is the USB microphone. Now, although we regularly talk about the USB function on things like the Samson Q2U or the Audio-Technica AT2005 or the ATR2100, the reality is when we talk about those here on Better Podcasting, we often are mentioning them in the idea that it's essentially a solo use. It's one person using the microphone to go into their computer or laptop or whatever it is. So that's usually what we mention here when we are talking about the USB function on these microphones. Quite honestly, it can be a pain to record multiple USB microphones. And why is it such a pain to record multiple USB microphones and how the heck do you try to do it anyway? There's just no such thing as a USB mixer. This is the digital age, after all, for Chrome's sake. This should be possible. So in this episode, we're going to take some time to discuss why we don't recommend using multiple USB microphones through the various issues. And if you do have to, we're going to recommend using some techniques to use multiple USB microphones with some of what we'll call best practices. And finally, we're going to talk about an easy upgrade path to not have to deal with it at all. By the way, the, the top way to use multiple USB microphones is just to like take the USB end and splice on an XLR connection, right? That works, doesn't it? Oh, and it, then if you split the XLR connection, maybe you'll split. The <laughs> I'm, I'm being sarcastic, by the way. That's not advice, not advice. No, not at all. That wouldn't work. So let's start off with why we don't recommend trying to record with USB microphones. There have been some phenomenal advances in home audio recording since the early 2000s, which is when podcasting began. For a large part, the gear that we use here to record better podcasting, either in the studio or mobily, did not exist in the early 2000s. We've talked about that before. Now, some of the more advanced USB microphones are actually pretty good. Even the condenser microphones. Yes, Stephen just made me give the condenser microphones a compliment. 
Now, while we don't recommend them for noise reasons, when you break down the hardware, it's quite amazing what you can get for relatively little money. To be clear here at Better Podcasting, we recommend the dynamic style of microphones over condenser microphones from most hobbyists. And Crom forbid you come to me and try to talk to me about using a USB gaming headset. That's just not going to work. For more information, you can check out Better Podcasting episode number 31. Oh, and by the way, the microphone that's built into your USB webcam as well, don't use that either. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Still, if you do perhaps want to grab a few microphones, cut out traditional audio processing altogether, and go digital, there do remain some pretty hardy issues to navigate through, such as In some instances, a computer has difficulty recognizing the audio from two or more of the same microphone. Blue Yetis used to be notorious for this, and in some cases, you would have to ship the microphone back to the manufacturer and have a hard ID change put in to help the software differentiate that. So you'd have to ship it out, and they would ship it back after doing some work on it. Sometimes, even if your computer doesn't have issues recognizing them as different, there can still be poor driver support that can cause things not to work so well. But even if you get through all that, there are still many digital audio workstations or DAWs and their programs that are still designed today to recognize only one microphone recording source at a time. There are very few options to try to do this via multi-track recording. Personally, I've never used any. Spreaker is the one that I've used, and that's a mono track recorder. More about that later. But say, you, let's just say, you get all that working property, properly, the reality is you are still subject to standard recording issues that come with using a computer, such as the computer crashing, uh, such as no local backup options or limited backup options. Uh, monitoring what is recording is often an issue. And now Stephen can attest to a few things about this. Yes, because for years before I had my Zoom H6, that's right, I had a Zoom H6 before my L12, I used a Cakewalk Firewire. Uh, It was a FA66 Firewire device. And I had a computer that was set up just to act as the recorder. So for years, I did software recording. And even though... I took many precautions, like running a dedicated box that was running Windows XP during an era of Windows 7, just so that hopefully everything would be as stable as possible. There was nothing else that that computer was doing. I still would occasionally run into issues because of the fact that it was software driven. So it doesn't matter exactly what you do, but even if you try to take all precautions, it's your computer. They still could have that update come up at the most inopportune time. You know, there's all sorts of things that can come up. Right. But given all this, let's say that you're still thinking, you know, I've heard of all this and I still think I can handle that. Here's the thing. There's also the issue that most USB microphone podcasters buy condenser microphones. Now, for most home broadcasters or podcasters, we generally do not recommend using condenser microphones. They do tend to pick up background noise very easily because the microphone capsule is powered and it's just very good at capturing sound, including the background sound. And because of that, you get room echo or reverb, and that appears in a lot of recordings that you either have to remove using a D-verb plugin, or in some cases you just can't. 
And then there is misuse of the microphone because they see it being used in talk shows and it's just on the middle of the table. So they're not using proper microphone technique and they're standing off too far from the microphone and thus you get the echoey and reduced sounds into the recording. And in some cases, the cheaper condenser microphones don't really replicate your voice as well because the frequency response is screwed up significantly. And it's one of the um, concessions that you have to make with a cheaper style of microphone. But they sound so good because you can hear all of my mouth noises, SP. They pick pick them up. It sounds so good. Some cases, yeah, especially (laughs) if you get really close to the microphone and you turn the gain up, it's going to pick up. Every single little bubble that's bursting in your mouth. But let's say that you forego the idea of using a microphone for each person. Well, you still run into issues with sharing one USB microphone amongst your entire crew. Of course, you're going to have people that have different vocal levels. Everyone has that one person that is much louder than the other. Hey, that's me on this show. And then you've got other situations like reverb that's going to be introduced as well because the gain's going to have to be higher to capture everybody around said microphone you probably also have those ambient sounds that you'll hear in the room and also this part here people underestimate how important it is to be comfortable when you podcast and the reality is when you're trying to get everybody around one microphone it is very uncomfortable to do And that can change a whole bunch of things to do with your podcast, like delivery and just rapport. So definitely you run into issues, even if you're trying to use one microphone that's USB for a bunch of different people. Let me paint a picture for our listeners there, Stephen. So what we're talking about here is something that you might have seen about pictures of those radio plays back in the day where you have a bunch of different people in a studio that are literally surrounding a microphone. They're all really close to the microphone, but they're standing up and the microphone is in between all of them. And you might have a Foley artist off to the side on their own microphone. So that would actually be doable if you're standing and everybody's like four or five, six inches away from the microphone. What hobby podcasters tend to do though, is stick that microphone in the middle of the coffee table, the kitchen table, the dining room table. And you have some people that are six feet away from the microphone and some people that are a foot away from the microphone. And it just is not a good dynamic environment to capture the sounds. Oh, and if you decide to go with the former option, well, just make sure that you're prepared to smell what your co-hosts ate for dinner. That's the problem with the, the former. So in short, to bring all of this together, you would think with everything available in 2019, that's right, for those of you watching this in 2025, we did record this in 2019, it's still difficult to do USB microphones with multiple people. And let's just be honest, a USB microphone in itself is a fairly easy piece of tech but we still have troubles trying to do multiple USB microphones on a multi-track scenario. So let's say you say, okay, Steven SP, I still want to give this a try. How best can I try to do this? So we do have some best practices for you if you are going to try to do multiple USB microphones and record them. SP, kick us off. To be honest, neither of us have experimented 
too much with multiple USB microphone recordings, but we do recognize that there are some people who have, and also to be honest, we actually admire those who attempt it. Why? Because they are showing a technology pioneer spirit, which we love because we're hobbyists and we're hobbyists. So we're trying to get something on the cheap too. And we recognize that it is a cheap way to try to get started. And by the way, you are learning along the way. And perhaps by learning and doing that, you can actually arrive at new options that really haven't been either discovered yet or brought into the space as common yet and just not known to the podcasting community. So yes, we do admire those who attempt it, but it still remains that there are very few options to record multiple USB microphones and even fewer yet to record them as multi-track. The first one we're going to talk about is something that's been mentioned on the show before. We're going to talk about voice meter banana. And I say voice meter like that because it's M-E-E-T-E-R. So voice meter banana. Not to be confused, of course, with voice meter pair or voice meter apple. Which I don't even know if they exist, no, but that's I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. So voice meter banana is one of the more commonly used pieces of software that people try to use. And there are some challenges with it. The biggest challenge that I've seen is stability issues. You have audio distortion, which gets into the system somehow. The length of recordings can lead to crashes. Like I've heard of people waiting till the 30 minute mark or the 45 minute mark and saying, okay, wait, we have to pause our recording. So they pause it, they stop it and they start a new one just to prevent the crashes. And it is kind of complex for the new user. Now, if you're tech savvy, it's not as complex as it might seem. But if you're just somebody that you know how to use the apps on a smartphone, and that is the extent of your technological experience, voice beater banana is going to be a little rough for you to learn. Now, Stephen, you have experimented with voice beater banana in a couple of different uses. Yeah, I've experienced actually some of the things that you alluded to when I did try to use it. Um, and I tried it as far as using it for some weird things with the L12. And if you want to ask me all about that, I'll get into that in our Discord. Go to betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We can chat over there. But the thing is, I did have the audio clicks happen where occasionally you would hear clicks and pops come into the audio signal. Uh, I found that it was actually a pretty powerful tool to use. It is Windows based, but it was confusing to sort of figure out. It's not the most clear cut piece of software that's out there when you are trying to get into a little bit more complex things like multiple USB microphones and trying to route them in different ways. And honestly, I want to say that just from a user perspective and a workflow perspective, it became quite the nuisance to have to remember to start it up before I started up other utilities or those utilities wouldn't always see it right. So there was sort of an order that I had to get in when I was trying to use this. So it, it made its way out of my workflow. <laughs> Right now, Bang Sound Bits in the chat has brought up some additional processors that are applications that can be used. Mac Soundflower and Aggregate Audio, Loopback and Audio Hijack. We realize that those are out there, but they all have their issues with them and nothing's really perfect. And one that I do have personal experience with, as I stated before, was the Spreaker desktop app. So this you can use three to four microphones easily. And then also you can build in a soundboard. It's really meant to help their broadcasters. So you can go, go out 
through Spreaker there and just have a live experience with three or four people using a USB microphone. And then you also have that soundboard so you can throw in effects too. It's really easy, but it's only mono track. Even if you don't stream, it's only mono track. And it is definitely optimized for those broadcasters. And Spreaker is mainly, I mean, I know they're a podcast host provider, but they're mainly on a live streaming customizable platform. And that that's really their bread and butter. And Spreaker is partnered up with VoxNest is the more professional ones. We've talked about them on the show before. Now, if you do use Spreaker and you have to record to a mono track with multiple people, there are a few best practices that we want to throw in there. First of all, is limit over talking by any means that you can. You can use visual signals and you can actually change the format of the show to a roundtable discussion where you have a main host asking all the other hosts or guests questions. So really it's designed to only have one person talking at a time, like a moderator. So those are some things that you can do to try to limit the over talking. And also try to establish everyone's levels first you know, try to record a short snippet and then listen back to it. And because you're not going to be able to change that at all, it's just going to be all in one track. And then definitely expect to use some kind of compression later in an audio editing software or an application like Alphonic afterwards to try to level everything to the same volume. And here's another big one. Do not, if you're going to do this to a mono track and then try to produce later, do not play music while you are talking. There's going to be no way you're going to be able to take out that music afterwards. And if you screw up in talking and you want to take that out in editing afterwards, there's going to be no way to do it. So just don't play music while you're talking. Another option that I want to take a moment to talk about, and I'm sorry, Mac users, this is a Windows thing, but this is something that is going to get a little more techie, but is one that isn't talked about very much. And I actually have to back up and give you a bit of further information so that hopefully you understand. And it's using a utility called ASIO for all, A-S-I-O for all. So I'll call it ASIO for all. Now, here's what you need to know in order to understand how you're going to use this. Well, let's explain what ASIO is. So ASIO stands for audio stream input slash output. And it's essentially a driver that was developed by a company called Steinberg. Now, I use the term driver very, very loosely because it's a standard in digital audio recording. It's actually something that is more the professional driver than what you see with the default uh, Windows, uh, I believe it's direct sound, I think, a direct show driver that most stuff is built around. Now, it is a more professional driver because it is more stable. There's reduced latency. There's a whole bunch of things. This is something that the recording industry has been using for a very, very long time. In fact, I'll actually go out on a limb and say, if you've never heard of ASIO before, you probably are not a professional recorder and you actually have a lot still to learn about professional software recording because it is that much a thing. Musicians everywhere first thing they look for when they get a audio interface is whether or not it does ASIO. So inherently, in order to, ASIO, uh, to use ASIO, what you need to have is two specific things to use it. Number one is going to be recording software that supports the ASIO driver. The other thing, of course, is going to be hardware that supports the ASIO drivers as well. 
Now, remember how I said that I used to use software recording? Well, yes, the Cakewalk FA66 had this Osseo driver, and that's probably why I had such overall good experience for so many years, because I used the standard of driver, and again, I'm using that term very loosely, in or um, that professional recordings use because it is traditionally more stable. So what you're saying is, why do I care, Stephen? I know, that's what you're saying right now. You're saying, it sounds to me, you need to have special hardware, special software, so USB mics probably aren't Osseo. Well, here's the thing, getting back to how I started this, that Osseo for all, it's essentially a software utility that runs on Windows, and the intention is to take non-Osseo devices and make them compatible with this Osseo stream. Now, before you think to yourself, this sounds like the golden ticket, you need to know that it doesn't always work as it should, but it is one of the better options that I've seen out there in order to try to make non-Osseo hardware into Osseo devices. In fact, I actually used this utility specifically before I got the FA66. I was still trying to multi-track record and I had multiple sound cards in a, again, dedicated recording box. And so I used this to keep their clocks in sync so that there was no drift in theory. Again, I say it's supposed to do it. Occasionally there was problems, but overall it worked a lot better than not using that. So... What happens is essentially if you have two different USB microphones that are recognized independently under Windows, what you can do is use this Osseo for all utility to convert these into an Osseo stream. And what happens is if you use Osseo software, it's going to pick them up independently and it should keep them in sync in theory. And you're going to need to use software again that is Osseo capable. And the three that come to my mind is going to be Adobe Audition, uh, Reaper, and also Cakewalk Sonar. I think someone else owns that, that suite now, but it is a uh, uh, software called Sonar. Of note, Audacity is not, I repeat, is not supported for this. Yes. So if you want to head over to youtube.com slash gear. I'll have a quick and dirty tutorial over there on how it works. I had read about this a long time ago, and before we decided to do this, I did give it a quick test. Now, I, I will admit I haven't tried it in an actual scenario, so I can't speak for how well it works, but I have read this come up a few times before of people using it to do the multi-USB microphones and coupled with my knowledge and experience using Osseo for all to bridge non-Osseo devices into an Osseo stream, I will say that uh, I have faith in this method. And if I were to try one of these, this would be where I would try it. And if I didn't own Cakewalk Sonar, I would probably use Reaper and I would definitely pay for it because the features you get in Reaper for $60 is a steal of a deal, and I think you should support it if you're going to use Reaper. And I say if you don't pay for it, then you should give your head a shake and realize that it is a very powerful piece of software for $60. Support it, because otherwise, if you don't support the software, it goes away. But again, I own Cakewalk Sonar, so I would probably use that because it worked very stably for me for a very long time. So moving on with all that said, what 
would we suggest instead of trying multiple USB microphones? Now, the easiest way we know of to record multiple people in a single room is to use those XLR-based microphones. Now, in order to get there from starting with USB microphones, the best way to start is to use one of the four microphones that we have advocated all the time here on Better Podcasting. The Samsung Q2U, the Audio-Technica ATR2100, the Audio-Technica AT2005. And if you can find this highly prized collector's item, the Knox Podcast Microphone, which is currently running for about $100 on up if you can actually find it. So there are definitely better options than the Knox. I just had to mention that because it is out there in the wild. So why would we recommend these? because they are USB and XLR. And even if you were thinking, I don't care what these two yahoos on Better Podcasting say, I, Stephen, hate your face. In fact, I hate it a lot. I hate it more than most things. There's actually one thing I hate more. It's your advice. I'm going to go ahead with a cheap condenser microphone. I like echoey sound. I feel like you were channeling your inner thoughts, SB. Is that, is that what that was there? In reality, listener, I was reading exactly what Stephen himself had wrote in the show notes. But okay, I'm anyway, sorry. I was channeling the listener thoughts when I put that on there. I, I see. There you go. Once you have one of those microphones that we actually said to go ahead and use and you want to upgrade, instead of spending you know, 50 to to $100 or more on a microphone for everyone, plus the new equipment that you need, all you actually need to do is buy the next item of gear. And here's a list of the different types of gears and specific systems that we can actually point you to now to do an easy upgrade for your USB XLR microphones. The Zoom H5 recorder, the Zoom H6 recorder, or the Sound Devices Mix Pre 3 or Mix Pre 6 digital recorders. These are portable digital recorders that have anywhere from three to six XLR inputs. So if you're trying to record multiple people into one device, those are some ways that you can go ahead and get it done. They're, I guess, relatively inexpensive from what they would have been like 20, 30 years ago because they really didn't exist back then. But they are very portable and you could use these in interview, mobile interviews, as well as going to your buddy's house, putting it on the kitchen table and recording. So that's the first way. Use a portable digital recorder as your upgrade and then just record there. You're not streaming anywhere. In some cases, you can actually use them also as audio interfaces. But the key here is to record multiple USB microphones or XLR microphones and get separate tracks. The next type of device that we're going to talk about is audio interfaces. Basically, these are multi-track to DAW capable. So Behringer actually makes a very inexpensive one that is recommended all the time in forms that I see. It's the UMC 404 HD, and this is key because it can do up to four XLR inputs. There's also a two input one called the UMC 204 HD, and then you can use these as multi-track into certain DAWs like Reaper. The Focusrite Scarlett 18 i8 is another one and if you want to spend a kadoodle about of money you can use the apollo x8p and that is either thunderboard i they did upgrade i believe to usb as well so those are examples of audio interfaces 
Now, Stephen, what else could we recommend? Well, you could also use stereo mixers if you wanted to. And uh, fun fact, even if you only have a stereo signal and you've got a way to USB that into your computer, whatever you can do a little, I like to call it poor man's multi-tracking for at least, you know, or for two channels. And if you pan everybody to the left and you pan something else to the right, at least you get two channels out of it. So there you go. You get a little bit of multi-tracking if you wanted to do that or host one on left, host two on right. It can be hard to listen to, but you can, you can do it that way. And we're talking like Behringer mixers, Mackie mixers, Yamaha, all that stuff I mentioned earlier. And also, if they have multiple outs, either inserts or sub outs or augs outs, you can actually use those to go into a portable digital audio recorder as well. You can combo them. And that's actually what I'm doing right now. I'm going out of my Mackie mixer into my Zoom H6, and that's how I'm multi-tracking. And finally, there is the growing list of multi-track USB recorder mixers. And these things are phenomenal. They're not new it's not like the last year because these have been out for a while the i think personas has had one out for a while it wasn't really highly recommended because there were some audio issues however as steven is just caressing his roadcaster pro right now that thing is not multi-track at the time that we're recording but pretty soon it will be more on that later and also steven is using to record this podcast the zoom l12 there's also the zoom l20 they have a lot of capabilities, multi-track, of course, and they come inherently with multiple headphones out. So if you want four to five headphones out, you can choose one of these. You can get multi-track and you can record everybody in the same room. It is a great capability and I can't wait for more podcasters to start to use these and sound even better. So some last thoughts that we have is that we do believe that someday... And those of you who are listening to this in 2025, we're so jealous of you because we know it exists. Uh, someday there will be an easy way to record multiple USB microphones without all of the workarounds or the cautions that we just mentioned. But until that day, the best way that we think to record multiple people in one room is to go back to that classic XLR connection and just record using something to do with that because there are so many tested methods that have proven successful time and time again and the other thing of course to consider is just like the l12 and the roadcaster pro there are going to be more innovations that come and they could come quite rapidly we're seeing podcasting explode look what happened with zoom and road they both saw an opportunity to make a product and fill a market and maybe this usb market will be the next thing now we're hobbyists and some of us hobbyists do like to do th this podcast thing because we like to tinker. So we are hopeful that your tinkering with this will prove another method that we can then share on better podcasting. So if you'd like to share your experiences with using multiple USB microphones, please get those into us. We'd love to hear how you've been able to do it. You can contact us at podcast at betterpodcasting.com. That's our email address. You can hit us up on Twitter at betterpod. And then you can also catch us at our Discord server, which is betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download. 
All right, we have a two for download day. The first one is very, very quick. It's just to confirm what we speculated last week on the show, and, and that is that the Roadcaster Pro, again, if you weren't watching the video side of things, I was caressing my Roadcaster Pro a minute ago, and uh, it is going to have a major firmware in February. Road did come out and send out a press release, weirdly, before they actually posted it on their blog, but it is on their blog now then they say that all existing customers will be able to update the Roadcaster Pro with multi-track recording, and all new units will feature the update, making 2018's most compelling piece of audio equipment. I love it when a company talks so highly about their own product. The must-have console in 2019 for podcasters of any level. And then they go on to outline what the multi-track recording will do. It says the multi-track feature will record 14 tracks. It will have a stereo Live mix track, as featured on the Roadcaster Pro since it's released. It will have a mono track for each of the four microphone inputs, a stereo track for the USB 3.5 millimeter TRRS, the Bluetooth, as well as the sound pad channels. And in order to activate multi-track recording, all you have to do is go into the advanced settings in the hardware section of Roadcaster Pro's touchscreen interface, and there will be a toggle to toggle on multi-track channel recording. Now, if you have not looked into this, by the way, if you go to youtube.com slash gonna geek gear, I've done an initial setup video on there and sort of shown what it was like to set up. It's a very intuitive interface, but if you do go check that out, that should hopefully clarify to you what they mean by that toggle because it is a very simple interface to use i actually ignored all the outside videos i think i looked at like one or two pages maybe on the road website before i opened up mine so that i could document my opening experience with the roadcaster pro and just see how user-friendly it was and so hopefully if you go and you check out that video that will clear things up and if you are thinking about using this feature when it comes out do what I did. And and I did this, by the way, around Christmas when they were super on sale. Pick up yourself a bigger micro SD card. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. I speak from experience because I do use many different channels on the Zoom L12 each week, and they add up very, very quickly. Zoom operates on the same idea where the uh, XLRs are all monos, but then the other ones are stereo tracks. So it definitely does add up very quickly but i'm excited because again i mentioned this last week i have a probable use case for it now with this feature one thing to note about the multi-track feature that i have come across it is not going to be a poly wave recording it is going to be actually 14 separate tracks kind of like what you get with the zoom h6 right now so it won't be that neat new poly wave recording uh file but hey, you're still getting multiple tracks either way. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go ahead and talk to me about that in the Discord, I'd be happy to talk about that. Uh, you can allegedly run into some drift issues that way and whatnot. I haven't seen it with the L12. I have uh, good faith for the Roadcaster. And I think from a simplicity perspective, I do think it makes sense that they stick with sort of standard because, again, the Roadcaster is meant to make it simple and you get into the polywave and all of a sudden now you got to make sure you've got a way that your software can support that and that's a whole other level so i think that this simple wave is in line with the intent of the roadcaster 
Moving on into the next bit of our download, I just want to take a moment to thank Wildcard over on Reddit, and it's his username is spelled W1LDCARD. Two weeks ago, as we we're recording this, he put a post in the podcasting subreddit with the title, Going into my third year of podcasting, wanted to share tips for new people. This is a very lengthy post could have been an article on some website and the are many issues that he discussed from initial poor sound his experiences in learning how to edit the bad audio equipment he started out with consistency issues of recording he tried to reassess and improve remember that whole planning thing and reassess podcasting thing that we do around every holiday of every year he talked about, I'm assuming it's a he, by the way, I'm pretty sure it's a he based on the post pre-production and follow-up with developing content, co-host issues. We've talked about that gear failure. We've talked about that trials and tribulations of crowdfunding, rebranding, improving and changing artwork, that sort of thing. And then stretching or setting stretched, but realistic goals. And this is all the stuff that we talk about on better podcasting to help you make your podcast better wildcard went through the school of hard knocks he learned this all on his own and he decided to share it with everybody so i encourage you to go over to the reddit sub reddit of podcasting and find this post by the one the wildcard is actually his username is the in front of it the wildcard and read this post you're going to learn a lot from it if you want to go ahead and check that out, we will have the link at betterpodcasting.com slash 166. That's betterpodcasting.com slash 166. Let's go ahead and talk to you about your podcast. Or are we really talking to you? We're going to start off with a Apple podcast review from loyal listener JP. This is a five-star rating. So thank you very much. Loyal listener JP. Now loyal listener JP says, quote, I've been listening to this show from the first couple of episodes about three years ago. These guys are funny, friendly, and know their stuff. They have covered areas in podcasting that I have never heard covered from other podcasts about podcasting shows. Along with being very informative, their podcast is also very entertaining. I enthusiastically recommend this show, and I often listen to the same episode more than once to cement in my mind the great content that they provide. Give them a try. You'll be happy you did. That was from loyal listener JP. JP, whoever you are, I, I wish you had written us before. I, I don't recognize the name. JP, but hey, maybe it's Jurassic Park. But anyways, whoever you are, thank you very much for listening. And I will tell you this. Uh, as somebody who wants to hear SP less, I, I, I am absolutely amazed that you listen more than once. Then also, I want to say, if you would just put your name of your show in the review, we will definitely state your show on the air, too. So if you want to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, put your review in there and then state the name of your show. We'll talk about it on the show. Moving on to email. We had Kent email us and say, Stephen and SP, 
I thought the following story from this morning's NPR might be of interest to you, specifically for your back-and-forth banter on better podcasting. And the NPR article was examining differences between Canadian and U.S. tweets. It was funny. For some reason, the American stats were all there. The numbers were there, but with Canadians... It just said that they were having another break and that they were eating munchies. It was really weird. It was just like, it was like they got distracted or they couldn't focus anymore. Like, I I, I couldn't, I don't know. Well, I think that's an issue between you and your province of British Columbia. Over on Discord, we had a lot of talk about plugins over the past few days. And it all started with Alurun today. At 12.59 p.m., he said, this is Jason, by the way, he said, do they have a plugin that will make my voice sound like Isaac Hayes or Al Green? Because that would be awesome. And then, of course, Bangs Naughty Bits, he's great. He just pipes right in and says, daily deal today, Isotope RX Elements for $9.99, which is actually a phenomenal deal, Isotope Elements for $9.99. So thank you very much for posting that, Bangs. By the way, that deal is over, and if you missed it, it's because you weren't in our Discord, and uh, I gotta say, I had RX 6, which I got as a free upgrade when I bought 5, so it was time, so it was like 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks US, so I had to sell my house in order to afford it in Canadian funds. But uh, at 10 bucks, it made sense for me to go ahead and buy it rather than upgrade because it was going to be like, I don't know, 30 or 40 dollars to upgrade through the isotope panel. So I paid the 10 bucks and got a new key. And for those that are worried that Steven is now homeless, don't worry, he can make another igloo. There's plenty of snow and ice out there for him to do that. Kent also said, can somebody dumb down this Roadcaster Pro conversation? A true rookie? Assuming that it is multi-track, what the heck is it? What does it replace and what processes does it improve upon? In other words, why is this a product that people keep talking about? Uh, for context on how much you need to dumb this down, I purchased an AT2005, a Zoom H5, and have not even figured out how to hook them both together and into my computer yet. Okay, so this is one here that I wanted to highlight because I'm not going to go ahead and explain this uh, because I am so impressed with the community that we are building on our Discord server. Again, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord or look at the link in the show notes because we have had so many people respond to this and a couple other questions that Kent's had and very, very in-depth. And there's been a couple of questions that have gone back and forth with follow-up and whatnot. And there's been some that SP and I have just basically had to just sit back and watch everybody else because everybody else has said what we would have said. So it's really good community. And I really, really appreciate everybody who is helping each other out in our Discord server. And uh, this was a really good question and sparked some good conversation. Yes, indeed. We had a final note on Discord that we want to talk about from TGM4883. And he said, if I've got five people around a table with five mics, this is better to speak softer and turn up the gain, speak louder and turn down the gain, or does it matter? There was a great conversation that ensued on that. And once again, if you want to take part in any of these conversations, if you want to read the results, if you want to offer advice, if you want to ask questions like this, there is our 
Discord server, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. It's officially the Gonna Geek Discord, but you can get to it by using betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Oh, and by the way, I mentioned this before. If you take a look at the Discord server, there's different channels in there. And right now, because it's growing, we're not really adding much. But if all of a sudden there becomes some more specific podcast related talk, we might go and make a little channel there that we can talk about that in the discord. Like if all of a sudden there's podcast support questions, maybe we'll just go ahead and and make that because we do want to make sure it's as easy for people to follow as much as it can be. And uh, the only way we know is if people use the discord server. So without you using it, we don't know. And before we wrap up the better pod back, I want to end on an email that I got out of the blue. And this was from Soraya. And I won't say your last name just because I don't know if I'm allowed to. And the email was, I've been doing a lot of research and starting my new podcast and have overcome my latest hurdle with remote recording. Thanks to a lot of research and your resources. I want to thank Better Podcasting for all of the valuable information and effort to helping people make their podcast experience better. I've learned a lot and just wanted to send my thanks. Thank you. And I did go back and forth a little bit. And Soraya is from the Wild Roots podcast. And thank you very much for this email. Uh, We do this out of the love and podcasting and emails like that. Just give us the fire that we need to keep on going. I know that Stargate Pioneer questions all the time why he keeps podcasting with me. I question it too. I mean, who wouldn't? want to question why you're podcasting with Steven. Absolutely. I just want to say thank you to all our listeners. It was great. We had a full chat room tonight. Thank you for all of the interaction there. And if you want to check out the live chat room as we record, you can go to geeks.live as we record Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Most weeks or some weeks that we have to switch it around because of personal reasons or work. But most weeks it's Wednesday, 8 p.m., Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Savings Time now, but 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Go roll into the chat room. We would love to talk to you. And we might be changing the chat room up a little bit because Chatwing is gone now, as our episode last week stated. And the only way to know which chat room we are using is to go to our live page. So thank you very much for sticking in with us there. And we'll just go ahead and end by highlighting a message that we had in the chat room, which bangs naughty bits wants you to know that World Radio Day is February 13th. So if you are excited to embrace a dying art, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. That's not fair. That's not fair. I actually, I admire radio still. I still listen to radio a lot. Um, I, I had a bit of a moment of reflection this past week that I wanted to actually talk about because... One of the radio stations, I get like three radio stations at work that I can pick up. There's like, there's only three that my little crappy radio that I've got will pick up. And you do live in the middle of nowhere, Canada. That's fair enough. And the one that I settled on, unfortunately, I'm presuming because of budget, they went and they canned their morning host just, you know, no notice and whatnot. And so it kind of had me thinking a little bit about everything that's going on with the world right now and how more and more radio stations are having to embrace other things. Like a lot of them are now getting back into podcasting because some of them started out doing it and then got out and are back in. And it's just, it's an interesting time. And for me personally, I still listen to quite a bit of radio. So world radio day 
February 13th. Ignore my joke there. That was untasteful, but I had to say it. Well, you bring up a great point because I was in the car with my wife on Friday night and we were headed out to do a couple of things, caught dinner or whatever, but we're in the car and she's like, do you want to listen to the radio or what radio station do you want to listen to? I was like, I haven't listened to the radio in like 10 years. I, I don't know what radio stations are on around here. I literally do not. The only ones that I did were talk radio and I knew she didn't want to listen to those. So I think that after listening to the radio Friday night and getting about five songs every hour to listen to, <laughs> I stand firm that actually listening to podcasts is the way forward. And, and as you said, radio is unfortunately a dying art because there's just no way they can afford to stay in business long term. But if you do want to go ahead and check out the radio station that I set up, it is all Steven all the time. That's what it is right there. It's all Steven all the time. Uh, it's in SP's local area. Apparently, it was for no good reason because he doesn't listen to it. Nope. But, haven't listened to radio in over 10 years. But there you go. So for episode 166 of Better Podcasting, I'm Steven John Drew reminding you we're part of the Gunna Geek Network. A lot of great content at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. I'm SP saying thank you very much, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. And let us know in our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We want to see you over there. But let's go ahead and move on to our featured segment. Like it's the first time I've used my iPad. Like seriously, I have it like ever so slightly tilted more and it's thrown me right off. Instead, instead, of, instead of being like this. Okay. Usually I've got it on an angle kind of like this, right? And, yeah. I, and I must have bumped it and it was like this. And it just the angle difference threw me completely off. Completely off. Have you upgraded to Backpack Studio yet? Or are you still well, using what you were using before? I, I'm going to guess, and I have not confirmed this, but I'm going to guess that Backpack Studio wouldn't work on an iPad uh, 1. This is an iPad <laughs> 1. so Good guess. Good guess. Really? The loyal listener, JP, you couldn't fit a entire... Let me redo that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No Jeez. worries. No worries. <clears throat> I got to find it. That's okay. You can take your time. I heard that Apple's easy to use, so you can just go ahead and you should have it pulled mm -hmm. up by now. I thought it was simple. At least I have Apple available for, to do this with. It's true. Oh, by the way, while we're waiting for him to pull that up there, speaking of SD cards, uh, this was this is my favorite SD purchase that I've made in recent. Another a micro SD. This one was for my drone. And unfortunately, um, when I went to open it, um, I discovered that it was freaking cracked. You can't really see it, but it was cracked. Oh, man. And nobody would help me. So, oh. 64 gig micro SD. I just took down my ceiling. It's in, uh, <laughs> gone. Gone. 
Go ahead. It was better than any box throw that Bandrew's done. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Hold on. Sorry, just dusting off the L12 after that. Now I have to wipe the spit off. No, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is what you get on live, by the way, folks. This is what you miss out when you're not watching live. <laughs> 